WFKE News Time is 12 midnight. This is Spectator News on the Airstrip One Radio Network. Information for post-truth America. You give us ten and a half minutes, we'll confirm your position. I'm Mike Reynolds. Page one. On January 20th, Donald Trump was sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. Two days later, dead prostitutes began showing up in White House dumpsters. At least three deceased women have been pulled from the receptacles every day since Trump moved into the executive residence. Even as emergency technicians were removing the bodies looking for signs of life, administration officials were denying that any bodies had been found, even as reporters watched the event unfold. Press Secretary Sean Spicer yelled at reporters, quote, don't look at that, that's fake news, end quote. Sources within the D.C. Metro Police Department said the president and his advisor Steve Bannon were immediately considered persons of interest. Vice President Mike Pence was originally considered a suspect in the crimes, but such suspicions were quickly dismissed as he is a well-known homosexual. Investigators are becoming increasingly doubtful of Bannon because, as one source said, quote, he's not really that into people, end quote, meaning that the investigation is focusing primarily on POTUS. A few hours before the first bodies were discovered, the president tweeted, quote, I didn't kill no prostitutes, sad, end quote, eliciting suspicions which grew greater when, during questioning, the president excused himself to the restroom where he could be heard screaming something about burns. Presidential hood ornament Kellyanne Conway hit the television news shows to deny that the well-witnessed events were actually happening, closing ranks with Spicer and declaring it fake news, but offering the caveat that if it turns out to be true, that the fault lay with former President Obama and current Manhattan-area bag lady Hillary Clinton. FBI Director James Comey and Republican leaders in Congress have refused to investigate the matter, saying they're focused on an email they found in which then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton requested comp house seats for Hamilton. While on the topic of Mrs. Clinton, she, after her contentious election loss to now President Donald Trump, faded quickly into the background of American political discourse. Visual contact with the former Democratic candidate has remained rare and unsightly. After the election, Clinton first took to the woods where she would be spotted by the periodic hiker. In fact, many of the Bigfoot sightings around the Adirondacks were eventually determined to be Clinton. Martha Sue Martinez was one of the few hikers who saw the former first lady in her new habitat. Martinez told us that she discovered a hunched-over Clinton eating a raw rabbit, looking up only to growl at Martinez. Now, it seems, the former candidate has moved back to New York City, where she has been found foraging in alleyway dumpsters. The pantsuit she was known for have been exchanged for several layers of mismatched skirts, a second-hand I'm with her t-shirt, and a tattered military-issue overcoat. Her hair is sticking out in several different directions and has gum in it. Pushing a shopping cart filled with urban detrius, Clinton reportedly appears disoriented, mumbling the words three million in between the meows she uses to communicate with the feral cats that now accompany her. Clinton's husband, former president and political liability Bill Clinton, told reporters that, quote, I tried to bring her home, but she threw a cat at me, end quote. Talk of Hillary Clinton running for the city's mayoral post continues unabated, however, as experts say that being a bag lady could prove to be an asset as it makes the former senator and secretary of state interesting. Like Clinton, the entire Democratic Party has fallen on hard times. Due to financial struggles, the National Democratic Headquarters in D.C. was forced to move from its Tony South Capitol Street location and into an old dilapidated school bus near a Maryland landfill. 
RNC Chairperson Ronna Romney McDaniel said she can't help but pity her political opponents, noting that if it weren't for George Soros sending them takeout every day, that the people on the bus would likely starve to death. The election between Clinton and Trump was historic in that no matter who won, the nation was going to be run by a cantankerous old woman. You're listening to the Airstrip One Radio Network on AM 675 WFKE. Advertising research specialists said that their studies show the reasons Democrats lost so badly in November's election was because the party is boring. Lead researcher and Madison Avenue stalwart Leslie Miles told us, quote, Make America Great Again is an example of a successful slogan. Sure, it's racially tinged gibberish, but it's short and easy to remember, end quote. The research team said that while stronger together meets the criteria for being gibberish and short, it's hard to remember because it's, quote, so bloody dull, end quote. The only reason stronger together was used was because it was one of only two slogans that didn't cause narcolepsy among focus groups. The only other Clinton slogan that played well with the groups was, she's not Donald Trump, which was rejected by the Clinton camp because, as they stated, quote, I'm sorry, uh, our apologies. It appears we don't have that quote as our reporter fell asleep waiting for the campaign's representative to get to the point. Page two. The United States Senate has confirmed Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education. The body was split 50-50 on the DeVos confirmation, forcing homosexual Vice President Mike Pence to break the deadlock with a vote to confirm the crazy lady. During her disastrous Senate committee hearing, DeVos created a stir when she said that public school children should be allowed to carry guns to class in order to shoot bears. When Senator Al Franken asked why she thought students were in danger of being attacked by bears, DeVos said she wasn't sure, but such attacks were certain to occur, quote, once we start using crippled kids as bait, end quote. When Franken asked if the nominee had ever read the Americans with Disabilities Act, a visibly upset DeVos slammed her fist on the table and yelled, quote, I can't read, okay? End quote. Democrats and many Americans were disturbed by the nominee's lack of qualifications, complaining that she has absolutely no experience in education. DeVos is a former carny. Trump advisors and surrogates hit the news talk shows to defend the illiterate DeVos. On MSNBC, Kellyanne Conway declared, quote, you know who else couldn't read? Thomas Jefferson, end quote. Correspondent Joy Reid subsequently suffered a heart attack on set. Despite her obvious flaws, most Senate Republicans rallied around DeVos. When asked if he thought she would be a good education secretary, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell shook his head from side to side and said, quote, yes, end quote. While deadlocked on the confirmation vote, flaming Mike Pence stood before the chamber, replete in a half-skirt, skin-tight cutoffs, and a pink boa, asking McConnell for direction on which way to vote. The new secretary said her first act would be to move the crippled kids out of the classrooms and into the basements because, quote, they wouldn't be handicapped if they loved Jesus enough, end quote. Besides, she argued, bait doesn't have rights. DeVos said she will send out the order as soon as she can find someone to write it for her. Page 3. In another contentious confirmation battle, the Senate voted to name Jeff Sessions the nation's next attorney general. Republicans overcame stiff Democrat resistance to confirm Sessions, who was a sitting senator from the definitely not racist state of Alabama. The fight reached a crescendo when Republicans voted to censure Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren for impugning Sessions' reputation. 
Warren was reading a 1986 letter from the late Coretta Scott King that accused Sessions of being a racist. When McConnell asked Warren to stop reading the letter, she refused, leading to the reprimand. According to McConnell, quote, the words of a colored lady have no place in this chamber, end quote. The majority leader said he asked Warren to be a, quote, proper woman and sit down and hush, but she remained disobedient, end quote. The King letter accuses Sessions of trying to sell elderly African-Americans to rich white people. Sessions defended himself, stating, quote, I don't know why anyone would think I'm a racist. I've spent the greater part of my life helping lesser citizens, even the uppity ones, end quote. Sessions said his first act will be to change the title of his office from Attorney General to Grand Justice Wizard. As for her part in the fracas, Warren exited the Capitol and published the King letter in full via smoke signal. This just in from the WFKE Sports Desk. Despite his amazing comeback overtime victory in Super Bowl 51, New England's Tom Brady was feeling the pain after the Atlanta defense pummeled the pretty out of the legendary quarterback. His usual teen beat good looks gone, Brady now favors a toothless hillbilly with a messed up eye. You all go on and get, the quarterback shouted at reporters from his bed in the intensive care unit at the Sisters of Dear God Have Mercy Hospital in Boston. The 39-year-old Brady was sacked by the Falcons' defense 632 times before, during, and after the game. At one point, several Atlanta defensive players hit the quarterback with crowbars while jumping up and down on him, leaving Brady with severe lacerations, delirium, and red urine. During the offseason, the former dimpled darling of the NFL plans to buy a musket and build a still. In entertainment news, public broadcasting is retooling its programming to attract more viewers, the move comes as the PBS faces a hostile Republican government that could eliminate federal funds for the network. PBS hopes a new lineup will segue into a successful private television enterprise. Like other for-profit networks, PBS plans to rely heavily on reality programming. While it seems unlikely that Quilt Circle Mamas will generate much enthusiasm, the network is pinning their hopes on the reality competition show Monkey House, in which several contestants get low-level jobs in the Trump administration. The last one standing with their wits intact will be considered the winner. The PBS attitude toward the new government is evident. As point in fact, two upcoming Frontline episodes are Sissies, which covers Speaker Paul Ryan and Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Oily Whore, which looks at Texas Senator Ted Cruz's rise to power. This has been Spectator News on AM 675 WFKE. Spectator News is written by the TX Citizens Tony Rainey Bell and produced by me, Mike Reynolds. Stay informed by subscribing to the newscast on SoundCloud or the iTunes podcast store. Until next time, remember to stand your ground, because as an American, you've a right to not only your own opinion, but to your own facts as well. You can't get any more timely than that.